0: What's up everybody? <laughs> Welcome back. This morning show was in the nighttime for a long time, but it's yeah. coming back for one last breakfast in bed. <laughs> I'm Alex.
1: Despite being canceled, I still have a lot of positive energy and am not regretful at all. I'm J.T. Sizzle.
0: And you're listening to Cloak and Jabber, a Cloak and Dagger podcast. That's right. Surprise, we are back for one last episode. Yeah. Now, there's a lot of, as you were saying, Justin, a lot of sad stuff to talk about, because since we taped our last podcast, since we taped the end of season two, there were, I think it was seven months before they came out and said the show was canceled, yeah. which sucks.
1: No, it's too many. I felt every minute of that. I felt every yeah. day.
0: <laughs> I remember you,
1: you didn't sleep, right? No, not one minute. Not one oh, blink geez. of an eye. I just uh, had my eyeballs taped open waiting, searching the trades, mm-hmm. waiting for any uh, hot shingle news. and you, you probably
0: what, read a lot of stuff you. about Bafo
1: B.O. while you were doing that. Uh, that is 100% true. <laughs> you know, they're making new Avatar movies. Anyway.
0: What? <laughs> I love that movie. My favorite thing in the first Avatar is want to say... Sex uh, Tales. Sex, it tales? sex? There we go. And tales? Dragons. They fly on some drag I remember these movies very well. We don't need to I, I go would, into
1: it. I wish they just took the catering budget
0: for one week and made
1: an entire new season of Cloak and Dagger. Oh, my God. I,
0: I do wish that. I will tell you, there's a, lot, there's a bunch of different things that we could talk about on this podcast. Uh, before we get further into realistically talking about the cancellation, the reason we're doing this is because Cloak and Dagger are back one more time. Ty and Tandy are back one more time, guest starring on this season of Runaways... The third yes. and final season, also of Runaways, because that was also canceled, making this whole thing very sad.
1: Yeah, uh, this is a real exercise and uh, Pyrrhic. Uh, this is a cha- <laughs> chasing windmills, <laughs> tilting at
0: windmills. Yeah, real Don Quixote type situation going on here. If you do want to skip ahead and watch before we get into the talk, because we are going to do a little bit of recap for the episodes, mostly for the perspective of Cloak and Dagger fans, since this is a Cloak and Dagger podcast. But Cloak and Dagger show up at the end of the seventh episode, Left Hand Path, in the last scene, but then the eighth episode, Devil's Torture Chamber is the crossover episode. So that's the main one that we're going to talk about here. But I do want to talk about the cancellation because I'd say this was the most bummed I've been about a cancelled show in a while when that came out.
1: Yeah, I mean I, I said this a lot on the on the podcast. Like Cloak and Dagger was my favorite comic book show. Uh it was like I think the acting was uh so du- so good the the stories were great it all felt it had stakes to it it felt very real it felt like we were really riding along with these characters it wasn't at all hokey it, yet it still maintained the comic book like a comic booky feel uh i'd probably say that uh watchmen has sort of taken the top slot of uh sure. fit my favorite comic book shows but um still like uh i love these characters i love the world they created Um, So to see them here on this show was interesting
0: It was interesting It's definitely very different And we'll get into that in a moment But just to bounce off of what you're saying I do think like Watchmen And for anybody who isn't watching Watchmen Definitely check that out We do a podcast called Watchmen Watch That's been rolling out twice a week Talking about that show Uh, That's been a lot of fun And a lot of deep stuff to talk about And the reason I think you would like both of them Is because they're both issue driven through the lens of superheroes. And that's one of the things that Cloak and Dagger did really well. Watchmen is doing that really well as well, where you had two seasons. The first season uh, dealt with uh, racial violence, racism on Cloak and Dagger. The second season was all about human trafficking, but it never lost sight of the fact that it was all about tie and Tandy and that it was about their relationship and it was about their development as superheroes at the same time, but it was a really special show I understand why it's not coming back, because there's all this behind-the-scenes stuff happening at Marvel TV. We just Mm. found out recently that Marvel TV is effectively being shut down and folded into Marvel Studios proper, which isn't a huge surprise given everything that's been going on with the Disney Plus shows and Kevin Feige taking over the unit and everything else. And Cloak & Dagger did not have a very high viewership, even by Freeform standards, but it's still... It was, a, it was a good show that had a lot to say, and I'm sad to see it go.
1: Yeah, I I think that I have the timeline correct. Uh, when they announced all the new Disney Plus Marvel shows, and there was not a ghost of a mention of any of the other Marvel TV shows, it was like, mm-hmm. oh, I see what's happening here.
0: <laughs> right. The weird thing that messed it up a little bit, too, is on Disney Plus, on launch, very bizarrely, they have some of the Marvel TV shows. They have uh, they have the first season of Runaways. They have oh gosh, what's the other one? They have the first season of Runaways. They have two seasons of Agent Carter, and they have the first season of Inhumans, which is yeah. bizarre. So what I a buffet! Have, it is a buffet. Uh, also, because it's hard for people to watch freeform stuff, I kind of hope Cloak and Dagger ends up on Disney Plus because I feel like a lot of people will discover it then. But yeah. Before we heard about the cancellation, before anything else, they did announce that there was going to be this crossover on Runaways, which is something that people had been asking for for a while. And it finally comes to fruition again in the saddest way possible. Uh, To clear this out before we talk about what's going on on Runaways, you haven't watched the show, but you've read the comics, right?
1: I love the comics. I love both the original uh, run and some of the sort of first extension of that. And then the most recent series I thought has been excellent and really recaptured a lot of the original Brian K. Vaughn energy and character driven uh, stories.
0: Yeah, that's by uh, Rainbow Rowell and a lot of the art is by Chris Anka, and it is so good. It's so really much good. fun, particularly if for whatever reason you're checking out this podcast because you're a Runaways fan, definitely read that book because it is the best version of the show. Now, I watched the first, I want to say, season and a half of Runaways. and What the, made you quit? Uh, well, Justin, I'll tell you. The first episode is great they completely capture what was going on in the comic book. It's excellent. They expanded a little bit by showing you what went on with the parents, which is something that you don't really get on the show. By the way, for those of you who don't know anything about runaways, the basic idea is that a bunch of kids discover that their parents are the biggest supervillains in the world. They changed it a bit for the show where it's a little more complicated than that. There's actually a supervillain that they're working for and they're scared of. So there's even time with the parents of the kids and Frankly, that's the thing that kind of threw the entire show off balance because the kids yeah. are interesting. They don't actually run away until the end of the first season, and half the time is spent on the parents, which, despite most of them being very good actors, is very boring. It's yeah. also the reason I gave up halfway through the second season is it's so slow to the point that. I have this tool installed on my computer where you can speed up what you're watching uh, on Netflix videos, on Hulu videos, or whatever else. And I you only bastard. use it when I need. I only use it when I need to review something, like when I've already watched it and I want to watch it again, just sort of to get a sense for a podcast or something like that. Okay. Uh, Runaways. I want to check the tape on that one. Well, here's what I'm saying, is Runaways is so slow, I realized the only way of making it watchable was by putting it on 1.5 speed. Wow. Like, it, uh, which is just unfortunate. I really want to like the show. I think the actors overall could be good given the right material, but they yeah. just don't have it. And they fit the rules.
1: I mean, I get you. I understand 1.5 speed. I live my life at 100 miles an hour uh, as well. So By like, the way, congrats on
0: that new Fast and Furious movie you're starring in. Uh, yeah, it's going to be great. It's
1: going to be a lot about slowing down and really ang- – <laughs> it's like slow and anger management. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. So it's like – it's going to be like a lot more realistic. It's going to be fun. Yeah, Fast um, and Furious.
0: I'm a little tired now.
1: Yeah. Uh, but uh, to your point, yeah, like I think these actors are good and they fit the role – the comic book roles really well. Um, for Runaways uh, specifically. So I I do think um, there's
0: potential there,
1: uh, but uh, let's reserve our judgment for (laughs) a a couple minutes from now.
0: Yes, absolutely. And the last thing that I'll say, uh, very much uh, positive for this, something that they kind of touched on a little bit in the original comics but got away from, uh, and then Rainbow Rowell has actually embraced it full-fledged, is the Nico-Carolina relationship, which the show – dove right into and has not let go of it all and that's great like that is clearly meant a lot to a lot of viewers and it's very cool that they have embraced that in such a big way so that said let's get around to the cloak and dagger of it all basically as far as i understand what's going on in the season elizabeth hurley is playing morgan lefay who is a powerful sorceress from the comics she yes. has been messing it up With the Runaways gang, one of their members, Alex, has been trapped in their version of hell, a purgatory, which very coincidentally is the Dark Force Dimension, which they never called the Dark Force Dimension, mind you, on Cloak and Dagger. Uh, And Nico casts a spell to try to get Alex out, and in the process, calls Ty and Tandy to her. And where we leave them at the end of episode seven is they poof in and say, who are you and what the hell have you done? And that's kind of where their entrance onto the show, which is fun.
1: Yeah, it's a classic comic book crossover
0: moment. Absolutely. Now, in case you forgot what happened to the end of season two with Cloak and Dagger, they left New Orleans, decided to go on the road together, try potentially out being in a relationship together. We don't get a lot of that this episode. And uh, they are going to try to be superheroes. So that's sort of where we pick up with them here. So the episode itself... Is pretty simple, I think, right? Yeah, like, yeah, that's brunch nice... of, runa- of the runaways are captured, they get uncaptured, they go to this purgatory because they, Cloak can take them there.
1: They meet a, a wizard who right? sure <clears throat> it looks like he owns a baseball card vintage shop or something. Um, and he uh he shows up a couple times.
0: Yeah, I assume he showed up in a a previous episode. That certainly seemed to be the implication there before Alex got trapped in purgatory. Meanwhile, Alex is wrestling the idea of, should I kill my mom or should I kill my friends? Clearly, somebody's tempting him in purgatory. And the runaways in Cloak are basically wander around for a while until they find Alex Who's freed himself, they leave this purgatory, and then Cloak and Dagger uh, leave as well. And that's kind of the long and short of it, right?
1: Yeah, and just a couple of the plot points that I thought were interesting. Um, the Well, the moment with, uh, <laughs> with um, Alex was like straight out of, uh, like it was the Luke Skywalker Emperor moment from mm-hmm. uh, Jedi-like, Littler, literal translation.
0: Well, that was also... Uh, <clears throat> so, what happens here, the way the Cloak and Dagger play into it is, first of all, they need Cloak to get them into this because they say it's the Dark Force dimension. I, I, I gotta say, as a fan of Cloak and Dagger, this was one of the first big bummers to me because... Though they never said it was the Dark Force Dimension, I'm actually blanking now what they called it on Cloak and Dagger. It wasn't the Underworld. It was where the Loa were. Yeah. But that wasn't the Dark Force Dimension. It was something else. But the way that they visually depicted it on Cloak and Dagger was just sort of a blank, dark stage with things popping out in the middle, like yeah. a ball or a gas station or something like that. It was so fascinating to see and so visually distinct this was classic los angeles is hell it's on fire it's purgatory and that was pretty much it
1: yeah yeah i mean that, that's the thing i think across the board uh the choices they make on cloak and dagger i felt like were very deliberate and the choices on this show uh, feel a little less so and it's the kind of thing where like cloak and dagger show up here and it feels like they're the the varsity uh, players come into to like play JV For a little bit In, in every aspect Like uh, the way they are in command of their characters The way they know how their powers work When well, that was, was something they struggled with For two seasons yeah. Uh, so it was just such a distinct thing. The one thing I did like um, plot wise was um, when at the end of the episode, when Dagger uses her uh, powers to see Alex's hopes after he's sort of turned to the dark side, you mm-hmm. see him with all of the powers of the other runaways, um, uh, I, we, assuming that he kills them or somehow defeats them. That was a cool moment. And that was, I, I believe, right out of the comic.
0: Yeah, I'm pretty sure that was a cover of one of the books. I'm not 100% sure which one, but that was very cool. And I wanted more of that kind of thing. Like, maybe it was a budget thing. Maybe it was a time thing. But a lot of the episode is spent wandering around. Cloak occasionally cloaks people out of places to other places Tandy touches Alex at one point. She also touches Nico at one point, which I thought was again, maybe this is my focus on cloak and dagger, but I thought that was a really good moment Yeah, because she touches Nico to find out if she's trustworthy because Nico is freaking out. The darkness is in her. She's trying to track down Alex and Tandy is turning to Carolina and saying, this is crazy. This girl is just sort of wandering off and leading us through hell. Why are we just blindly following her? Carolina, of course, says, I'm Team Nico all the way. But she grabs her aunt anyway, and she sees that her greatest hope is getting married to Carolina, which I thought was a very sweet scene and a a well-lit scene as well that felt stylistically consistent with Cloak & Dagger.
1: Yeah, yeah, it felt like a lot of the scenes in uh, the first season of Cloak & Dagger where they're wandering Mm -hmm. in sort of the woods – uh, it felt like it was actually part of that, and I thought that was yeah. nicely done.
0: Yeah. We also get to see uh, Ty uses his fear powers at one point, right? Who, yep. who does he grip onto?
1: Uh, he grabs Gert's hand and sees mm. that her fear is uh, watching her friends get, and, and Old Lace the dinosaur, um, get hurt by some sort of bats, I believe.
0: And sure. And she's like, take
1: <laughs> me, uh, take me instead. Right. Um So I I think it was a Batman origin thing. Pretty cool. Right. Yeah. Gert in the comic books becomes Batman, if I remember correctly. Yes, that's definitely the way. Uh, Maybe in the show. Maybe this is a direct setup for the uh, upcoming Batman film. Yeah. With Robert
0: Pattinson. There... I don't want to lump on it too much, but... As I was really looking forward to this crossover, even though I've been a little iffy on some runaway stuff. And maybe it was a budget thing. Maybe it was a time thing. But the fact that they made the decision that they get to Purgatory and they play it off for comedy, in which is totally fine, but nobody has their powers. They can't use their powers yeah. there. So it immediately – you don't get <laughs> – The most satisfying part of a superhero crossover, which is seeing everybody use their powers together, you get it very briefly at the end when Tandy throws a light dagger to Nico, who grabs it, covers it in dark energy, and turns it into a dagger and stabs a bad dude— that's pretty cool That was I cool. like that But and I the wanted follow- more uh, of that Yeah
1: You wanted to Have the crossover Be about them Combining their forces Somehow um, mm-hmm. I did like the follow up To that moment Where she's like Hey You keep this uh, Sort of Weird dagger We just made um, And uh, Use it well But I mean I, n- To get the, On the meta side of it It's all super weird Watching this Where it's like No one's gonna see Any of this Go anywhere Because both of these Shows are cancelled <laughs> Uh, So in that way, it was like sort of bumping into an ex and then watching them bump into another ex Mm -hmm. and just having the most awkward hangout.
0: I have to assume, I mean, part of the limitation here is we just watched this episode. I have to assume that by the end, Nico takes that dagger, and that's how they take down Elizabeth Hurley or something like that. Um, otherwise, why introduce that element? But the much sadder part to me is at the end of the episode, right before Ty and yes. Tandy leave, Yes, they say... Uh, did you, I don't know if you yep. wrote down the exact phrase. They
1: say, uh they're, they're like the Runaways are like thanks for your help." And um, Tandy's like, "Maybe you can help us next time." Nope, oh, big old nope so on that. Sad.
0: That made my heart hurt so much when I saw that. Where it was like, no, yeah, neither of you are doing anything. It uh, on the flip side, it reminded me. This is a very old reference, but the Simpsons episode with the film festival where the critic comes by. Uh, uh, Jay Sherman, and they have this whole crossover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They make a big deal about it. They're like Jay Sherman meet Bart Simpson, and they're like, Ugh, this is awful." By the end of the episode, Jay Sherman is leaving to go back to New York, and he's like, "Hey, maybe you can come on my show sometime." And Bart's like, "Yeah, I don't think we're going to do that." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's funny. Same sort of thing. Uh, it's it's sad. I mean. Both of these shows, I'm sure all of these actors will go on to great things, particularly like Aubrey Joseph and Olivia Holter. Fantastic. So so good. good. Yeah. And I definitely want to see them do more. I'm sure the Runaways kids will get to do more stuff, too. But it really is. There was so much promise to these Marvel TV shows and it just dissipated. Why do you think that was?
1: Well, I mean, I think it's a couple of things. Um, I think the way this sort of tier of those shows rolled out, they just never got the attention they they, or at least with Cloak and Dagger, the attention that, that it deserved. I feel like both uh, because of the network it's on, um, uh, the way that it came out, I think it was just a little bit lost. Um, and then on the other side, an odd thing happened where the movie sort of took over the TV. Like that never happens, and mm-hmm. it, it did. This is sort of a first-time thing.
0: Yeah, I mean, the other thing about it is that th- they just didn't feel necessary. You know, Jeff Loeb, who we've had on our live show a bunch of times, he's been a very good friend of ours. Uh, he always liked to say, "It's all connected. It's all connected." I don't know what happened behind the scenes, but he never managed to reach that. You know, there were a couple of appearances on Agents of Shield. You had Samuel Jackson showed up once. Kobe Smolder showed up a couple of times. JB Alexander showed up once, but it didn't have. You never had that connection to the movies, so it always didn't feel as vital as what you were watching in the theater, particularly because the Marvel movies were so good and everybody was so excited to them. It felt like you got to the end of a Marvel movie, you'd see that post credit scene and you'd have to watch the next movie to understand what's going on. It was pretty clear after the first season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. that None of this was going to really connect any anyway, you know?
1: But I, I got to say, like, the DC universe did it, and it doesn't all have to connect. I feel like right. it's just this, the way that Marvel's rolled it out is this, like, mandate of, like, well, it's going so well, we need to keep it tight, keep it tidy. When I, I don't know if that's true. I mean, I do I like how tight the movie continuity is and how it all amounted to one big movie. Mm -hmm. But I think that's sort of hamstringing a lot of the TV. And it'll be interesting to watch all the Disney shows because I think it will maintain that tightness. But it just means you can never experiment as much Mm -hmm. as you want. It means you can't make a a show like Cloak and Dagger and have it really succeed and fold it in in that way.
0: I 100% agree with you on that. It's just that was the promise they made from the very beginning. If they had never made that promise, if they had said no – It's just Marvel. It takes place in the same universe, but they're not connected. You know, sort of, or what they did with Legion, for example, which was a phenomenal show, and it was just somewhere else in the multiverse, even though it was an X-Men show, but they never really connected it to the X-Men movies or anything like that. That would have been. Perhaps a smarter way of going that would have relieved that pressure on shows like Runaways, on shows like Cloak and Dagger, on shows like the Netflix shows. But that's not how it was set up at the beginning, unfortunately.
1: But I mean, they could break that promise. Are you telling me that DC's uh, shows have kept every promise that they've
0: established from every promise? No DC show has ever lied to me, Justin. Wow! About Maintain Eddie. that, yeah, and you're <laughs> loving
1: Crisis on Infinite Earths because it makes total sense and uses all of the continuity.
0: Yeah, it's really smooth. It's a smooth experience. Goes down smooth like a nice whiskey or a scotch, maybe.
1: Okay. Wow! Yeah. Somebody uh-huh. opened the liquor cabinet. I'm open very drunk right now. Daddy's old
0: liquor cabinet. Cloak and dagger's done. I haven't stopped drinking since. Any uh, final thoughts on this, Justin? And I know we haven't really talked about this episode too much in depth, but I think overall my impression was that it was kind of more to get the runaways from point A to point B and give them some information versus being any sort of character movement for Cloak and Dagger.
1: Yeah. And I I think it would have been different. I mean, I don't know the timeline of when this was made, but I think it would have been different if they were trying – it feels like the intention was to try to establish the this little universe here of the younger Marvel shows and, like, start to connect mm-hmm. them and build it out a little bit, which I think is a great idea. But um, life got in
0: the way. Yeah. Uh, life finds a way, as they like to say. Yes. And it was – I mean – it made sense. It made sense not just because clearly the cast of Runaways of the class of Cloak and Dagger liked each other a lot. Like they were always hanging out and taking pictures together. But also Cloak and Dagger appeared in the Runaways comic books. So it's a very natural fit. I'm glad they did it. I'm glad they experimented with it. Even if it's not the best circumstances, I'm glad they were able to get it in before the end. because It was great
1: to see them one last time. Exactly great to see Tandy and Ty, like, really – because, you know, they're – like we've said many times, they're such great actors. And even though they were playing a smaller role in this show, they were fully committed to the characters. Like, it was still great
0: to see them. Do you think there – a lot of fans have asked about this. Do you think there is any chance of either of these shows ever coming back? I mean, no.
1: Yeah. I, just the way – on the, like, sort of business side, like, once this canceled, all the actors are released. And especially with uh, the actors in Cloak and Dagger, they're all going to get jobs. So it's going to be – it would be really hard to reassemble the, uh, the glass once you've smashed it. Um, and I just don't think – Marvel's not the kind of company that's going to go back and, and pick something up that they've already sort of thrown away and be like, you know what, let's do this actually.
0: Yeah, even if it's good, even if it is excellent like Cloak & Dagger was, what Kevin Feige and company want to do is forge their own path and have the connection to their movies. They have their own plan. For better or for worse, what we've gotten of Cloak & Dagger, what we've gotten of Runaways, that's it for right now.
1: Well, and on that tip, uh, there were rumors floating around maybe a week or two weeks ago about Punisher. Mm -hmm. A new season of Punisher, maybe, uh, that they're so... Do you think that's that's just like uh, weird fan
0: talk? Yeah, I think that's weird fan talk as well. Any of this Marvel TV stuff, this is going to come out too strong. I just think it has a taint on it at this point, right? Yeah. Like it taint taint great. Yeah, taint great. Uh, it taint a good show and it taint a bad show. That's what I always like to say. No, it's just, you know, it, these shows didn't really work. They didn't really hit. Some of them hit a little burger. Daredevil was certainly a big show for Netflix for a little while. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. has a very fervent fan base, even though not a lot of people watch it. So there's things in their favor, but it's not even close to the same level of even the worst Marvel movie. So they're going to err on the side of that, and they're not suddenly going to say, oh, yeah, Jared Berthal is back as the Punisher, because why would they do that?
1: Right. And I do think there's also something to the fact, because the projects they're moving forward with are weird, too. Yeah. Like, WandaVision is a weird... It's going to be... Like, everything I've read and seen of it, it's going to be weird. Yeah, and Um, then they have... I don't okay. think that has mass appeal uh, per se, but I think it is like they're going to take their shots. They don't want to take the shots that were already taken.
0: Yeah. Uh, the only exception I, I could, and why I could see this keep popping up, is John Bernthal is probably the one person out of any of the people they cast who is A perfectly cast as the Punisher, but B also actually kind of is a movie star on the level of the other people that they put in Marvel movies. Like Charlie Cox isn't that. Kristen Ritter is great, but she's not quite the same level right now. But John Bernthal is in a lot of hot movies, working with a lot of hot directors. People really like him a lot. And he is perfect as the Punisher. So I don't know. We'll see. I, I don't think so, but maybe he'll come back and he'll kill the Marvel universe. Wow, what a dream. Uh I just happen. hope my some of my favorite characters could be killed by John <laughs> Brenthal. I hope he starts with Cloak and Dagger and the Runaways. Yeah, definitely. Uh what a dream. And that's the note that we definitely want to leave this on. Thank you all so much for listening to our one final episode of Cloak and Jabber. Now, if you'd like to support our podcast, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a bunch more podcasts. As mentioned, we do one about Watchmen. We do a Riverdale podcast about Riverdale After Dark. We have tons of others you can check out at comicbookclublive.com. We also do a live show every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. at the People's Improv Theater Loft in New York. Come on by and we'll give you waffles or pancakes, whatever you prefer. Uh, And if you want to subscribe To this podcast, even though it is done iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher Or the app of your choice Uh, And that's it That's it for Cloak and Jabber, folks Thanks so much, thanks for your
1: support Great to be here Goodbye, Cloak and Dagger forever